0: Welcome to the Rock of Grace Cortland Campus Podcast, where we aim to lead people like you to follow Jesus together. We have a new podcast each week with a message that is prepared with you in mind. So here's this week's message. Because it's not just for us. It's in obedience to what God's word says. But how many guys know you're in a better mood when your spouse is in a better mood? You know what the trick is for that? Both take time to rest. Take time to recharge. See, we have to acknowledge that we're only human. And today we're going to be talking about the rest that only God can give. Just like that video, do you ever feel like your life is chaotic or out of balance? You ever feel like, ugh, things are not right This can't be all life has to offer. I'm sick and tired of doing the same thing day in and day out. Maybe money is causing fights. Fights are causing fights. Or you're fighting with your spouse or someone in your household, and you don't even know why. You know, I joke about, uh, if you've been here before, you've heard me joke about how the Roomba is a marriage saver, um, at least for my wife and I Uh, because it runs every single night. And we just relocated our Roomba, actually. Uh, It used to be in our dining room. It's now in our family room, because our son likes to uh, munch on a lot of things. Uh, He's 17 months, almost 18 months this month, which is so hard to believe. But man, his crumbs invited friends into our house. So uh, we moved our good Roomba that we named George, and uh, he now helps us, starting last night, in that different room. But the thing is, when we fall out of rhythm, when we fall out of this place, we find ourselves in the places of stress and burnout. And we find ourselves in places where we don't know how to even enter into God's rest. And if we don't know how to enter into God's rest, how on earth am I going to figure out how to rest in myself? Because if we're made in the image of God, we need to first find rest in God. Not rest in myself. Not rest in others. We need to find how we can find rest in God. You know, as I was uh, preparing for this week, I opened up my app store. I have an iPhone. And scrolling down, you know how he likes to suggest different things to you? If you ever, like, why on earth would I want these types of apps? Um, I'm the individual that is the reason you see apps about spreadsheets, Um, you know, getting organized during the week. But there was a section there this week that was titled this. It says, take a mental break. The whole section had the subcaption of saying therapy and self care resources. Last week, if you were here, you heard that we went through a list of some of the top how-to Google searches. And for some of us and some of you, that might have been absolutely eye-opening and enlightening to kind of see some of the struggles that people are facing in our community. But when there is a section in the App Store to say, take a mental break, focusing on therapy and self-care resources we are learning that people are stressed to the point where this needs to be a category, first off. That people need to relax and to rest, but fail to do it. But then that second part really gets me, where it talks about the self-care resources. You know what's the advantage to an app? Nobody has to know. Nobody has to know. Is there an app on your phone that helps you that nobody else knows is on your phone? Maybe there's an inverse. You know, maybe you have an app on your phone that you don't want people to know about, and we'll, uh, we'll address that later, not today. But here's the thing, if there are things in our lives that we're saying, I don't want to hide this, I don't want this to be public, I just want to kind of fix it in secret and just make it look like, you know, my Instagram perfect life, where I've got things together. We got the family pictures on vacation, we've got, look at what we're doing. But on the inside, we realize that we're actually falling apart. And that can be so hard. Because the truth is, when we're looking at those things, we're looking for peace. We're looking for inner peace. We're looking for something within us. But we really need to actually be going to the one who supplies peace. The one who provides it. See, God showed us how to not live a stressed or chaotic life. You know, there's a reason why God addresses this stuff. Because as humans, we fall prey to it. It's so easy, right, to feel stressed. You might be sitting in this room stressing about something. I'm stressing about this leak that is happening right now in the middle of the sanctuary. We've had it looked at several times, I promise. But let me tell you, there's stress that comes around that, and hopefully we'll get it fixed soon. Stress is inevitable. How we respond to stress, how we prepare for stress begins to change things. And maybe I'd still have hair if I knew this then, but it's whatever now. See, we must learn to put God first in our week, first in our day, and in everything that we do. So what does it mean to put God first in your week? See, Sabbath, in the Bible, is called the day of rest, and it's displayed in the story of creation, right? If you're familiar, if you're a Bible reader, you know that there were six days of creation, and the seventh says, God rested, God rested. Rested. Now, do you think God gets tired? Well, maybe tired of me, but I don't think he gets tired. So why on earth, or I guess why in heavens, would God rest? See, God loves to give us an example to follow. You know, that's why I'm so grateful for the word, for scripture. Because God took that day of rest to enjoy the work that He has created, to say and look at it and say, it is good. It is good. We're going to throw up Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 on the screen. Uh, in case you don't know or notice, I, use, I uh, it's almost exclusively read out of the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible Translation. Uh, it was a translation released in 2017 that I find to be a great balance um, for a lot of individuals, and it's a fantastic translation. So here's what it reads. It says, So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. For on it, he rested from all his work of creation. See, Sabbath is not just a good idea, right? It's not just, oh, hey, you've been working all week. Put your feet up and take a break. No, Sabbath is about taking a day and giving it to God, setting it apart as something that is truly holy. Giving a day of rest to God. See, this is what I'm talking about. When we're talking about how first I'm trying to find rest in myself, but it's different than rest in God. When we set that time apart, as holy, as consecrated unto God, we begin to see what this looks like. And see, when we keep the Sabbath, what we're doing actually is we're serving God in an act of worship. We're serving God as an act of obedience with our lives. In other words, if I don't make sure I take time for God and rest in it, I am being disobedient To God. You know another word for being disobedient to God is? Sin. Yes. When I don't take time to rest in God, take time to rest and look at what is happening around me and say, it is good. Take joy in the things that God has supplied me with and say, it is good. To take time in his presence and say, you are good. I step into disobedience. I step into sin. It begins to allow us to be recalibrated as to what's important. A common practice that pastors in many churches do is called a sabbatical. Um, And it's not just located just for uh, ministers. A lot of uh, places of employment are starting to engage in something like this, where you're giving your staff or individuals an extended amount of time off every seven years, partly because it's obedient to God. It gives us, for me as a pastor, time to recharge, time to reset, time to seek God out, to be prepared for what he has in store for me and how he wants to speak through me. That's why it's important that we take this time. See, God gave Moses a command to give to the people of Israel. And this is in Exodus chapter 31, verses 12 to 18. And it says, the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites that you must observe my Sabbaths. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, so that you will know that I am the Lord who consecrates you. Observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Whoever profanes it must be put to death. And if anyone does work on it, that person must be cut off from his people. Work may be done for six days, but on the seventh day, there must be a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. And anyone who does work on the Sabbath day must be put to death. The Israelites must observe the Sabbath, celebrating it throughout their generations as a permanent covenant. It is a sign forever between me and the Israelites. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. But on the seventh day, he rested and he was refreshed. And when he finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him two tablets of the testimony, stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. You know, thank God we don't have to kill somebody when they don't observe this now. But does it exemplify the significance of taking that rest? God protected the rest that he expected. God protected the rest that he prepared for us we must do the same as followers of Christ. If we are to truly make sure that we are taking time, we must protect that time. We must find ways to make sure we don't sacrifice that time of rest that God is ensuring us to have. See, taking a Sabbath and resting about it is trusting God and in his finished work. And there is a rest that can only come from trusting in God's finished work. See, taking Sunday seriously is about trusting that only God can sanctify you or make these things right in your life. Again, it's not about resting in myself. It's not about resting in the things that I'm doing, but it's about making sure that I'm finding rest in who God is. And see, sin and the act of ignoring God's ways invites unneeded stress into our lives. And as we talked about taking or not taking that time of rest, saying, God, I'm I don't trust your ways. See, when we refuse to take a Sabbath, we are trusting in our own strength, in our own work, as opposed to living by God's design and trusting in his work and trusting in his ability. So what do we do? We protect that time, right? We put that time into habit. I don't know when you read your Bible. I don't know when you spend time with God. But first off, if you don't, I want to challenge you. Find a way to spend five minutes a day introduce that time. You don't have to jump in and say, I'm giving three hours to God. But find a way to introduce that time with God. Find a time to introduce your children to that time with God. For me, I'm a morning person. I have my Bible app give me a nice reminder that says, hey, read your Bible. I'd like to think I don't need a reminder as a pastor, but as a pastor, sometimes I need a reminder. Because for me, one of my exclusive challenges, and this is a challenge for every pastor, is to make sure that the only time I open a Bible is not just when I'm preparing a sermon. Because to me, that's doing the Lord's work. That's not preparing me. That's not me growing my relationship with God. So yes, even as a pastor, I need to make sure that I am being reminded to open my Bible. I've been doing a devotional right now that's taking me through one by one the parables of Jesus. And I hate parables. (laughs) I'll be honest. I'm the guy that I want the point. I think I shared that. There's a lot of parables. But see, Luke 5, 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He withdrew to deserted places and prayed. If the Son of God needs to get up and move himself into a different spot to pray, I think I do too. I think I do. Again, God loves to give us examples, but if Jesus had to get up and go somewhere, take that physical step to be alone, to spend that time with his Father in heaven, I need to. You need to. We all need to do that. And we see that in all four Gospels, Jesus repeatedly gets up often in the morning early to pray. So how do we do that? Your phone has this incredible thing called airplane mode. And ironically, the time you probably least use it is on an airplane Especially because I'm not sure how much flying anybody's done in this room over the last couple years. But even outside of that, we were like, eh, I'm not turning it on. You gave me Wi-Fi. That turns off Wi-Fi. Do you ever find that contradictory on a plane? If you've been in one, put on airplane mode, but you can't have airplane mode on to access the Wi-Fi that they're giving you. It's a mixed message, and we need to address that as a people. But back to the message. We need to shut our phone off or put it into airplane mode. Or for me, I love on uh, my iPhone that I've got all these different focus modes now that came out with one of the more recent updates. And there's do not disturb, there's personal, there's work, there's whatever one I want to name it and make it. There's easy ways to shut off the distractions to move past them. But then let's find a place, create that routine where it's spending time with God. Make it conversational. Don't just say, yep, read my uh, six verses for the day. My faith has grown. It's usually a little bit more than that, right? See, prayer is a conversation with God. It's not just me trying to bend God to my will. It's me spending time with God. It's me talking, conversing with God. We need to create that time where we silence ourselves, just like we silence our phones, to listen to what God is saying. It's putting on worship music, if that helps you. It's finding yourself in a solitude place, even if it's in your closet underneath everything, trying to hide from the kids. You'll find that place. And even just to start, start once a week, twice a week. Do a devotional with a friend. You know, my wife and I, we've done several devotionals in the uh, Bible app. We'll let you do it together. And sometimes it asks for input or what you think and share it with the other people who are in this. See, Mark 1, 35 shows us that Jesus would prioritize his time alone. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, he went out, and he made his way to a a deserted place, and there he was praying. How many of you guys find it hard to get up early in the morning with an alarm clock? Yet Jesus did it and didn't have one. I don't know. Lately, I've been waking up around 5.30 in the morning without an alarm. It's like, Jesus, 30 more minutes, please. 45 more minutes. Just let me fall back to sleep. But Jesus created that habit of I'm awake, I'm going and spending time with my Father in heaven. So we need to set boundaries for our times. We need to set boundaries. See, I've got a clock right here. And if you recognize this clock, it's a clock that's been in our cafe. And it hasn't worked uh, my entire time here because we've had the cafe closed due to COVID and just now we're slowly reopening things. So it's stuck on this time. But see, this clock represents a finite thing. Sometimes we like to think that it's infinite, right? But see, there's only, uh, how many hours in a day? 24, don't say 12, even though it says 12 here. We have 24 hours in a day. And you and I don't have the ability to add or take away time unless it's daylight savings next weekend, just a reminder. We're stuck with this amount of time. I cannot add more. I cannot add less. And I certainly know that as I'm getting older, the time I'm awake is less too. And usually I hit a certain time and that's even just useless. And I say, why am I awake? And I just find new things to binge, like, tro- like Chopped. If you're a Chopped fan, uh, we could talk later. I love Chopped from the Food Network. Oh, man, uh, you know, making peanut butter jelly sandwiches like it's a fine dining experience. See, Mother Teresa once told a reporter that we all have that same 24 hours in a day, and you can choose to do with it what you want. You can never reclaim it. She didn't say that, I did. You can never reclaim that time. You can never go back and change it. And some things happen in your day that you're not in control of, right? But it's still up to you about how you're spending that time. And once we realize that time is a commodity, that time is finite, it begins to shift our perspective. It begins to shift what we realize, what can I do with this? Am I spending my time wisely? I remember uh, a couple years ago when I made that decision to go back to school, and get my master's degree. I had to sacrifice a lot because I couldn't take my current schedule and then suddenly find three more hours a day to spend time reading textbooks and writing papers. I had to say no to something to say yes to something. And that is true in our faith. That is true in our lives. That is true in everything that we do. Where if I want to say yes to something, if I want to see this moment that I know is wise for me to be doing, I have to be able to say no to something else, even if you think that something else is also wise. We have to make a decision because you cannot do multiple things at once. Because we come to the reality that time can be managed and time can and should be well spent. As will comes on up. See, when we start our days in prayer, when we start our days in devotion, we begin to set our hearts in the right spot. You ever have a meeting with somebody in the afternoon and they are grumpy? And you're like, can we uh, pick this up tomorrow instead? Or maybe you've had that phone call, you know, with a spouse or you know, sibling, even a parent, where you catch them at the end of the day and just their mood is atrocious. And you're like, bro, slow down. You all right? The things that happened before, I was just listening to a podcast um, from Patrick Lencioni, who is a, a world-renowned business leader. And they were talking about, and it was just this week I was listening to it, they were talking about how sometimes, oftentimes, you bring to where you're at now what happened before. That's why sometimes you wake up in a bad mood, you stay in a bad mood. But that's also why if you start your day off and then somebody sets you off, your day doesn't end as well, does it? So if we recognize that the things we do before lead into our attitudes, then why are we not making sure we start our day off with Jesus? Because I can either define my attitude myself first thing in the day, or I can let Jesus speak into it. I know where I stand. You know, sometimes as a pastor, I mess that up too. true right Dave we try we need to wake up we need to find that time to let Jesus determine our day to give and surrender my time say Jesus be with me Jesus be near Jesus bless my day so I can bless you in return because I know that if I have a bad attitude I am not blessing anybody but God define my attitude today so that I may bless your name in all that I say. See, it's important, church, that we find that time to rest. We find that time to be with Jesus. See, we can have that time daily, but all that should be doing is allowing us to get to that time where we can rest some more with Jesus, where we can rest In Him, And many of you may have that practice. And in knowing some of you in this room well enough, I know that that is true. But let us not forget the daily practices. Let us not hold back from what Jesus wants to do in our lives simply because I moved back. And I didn't say, God, speak to me today. Because the days I go without Jesus are a lot harder than the days I go with. Jesus never promised an easy life. But i would much rather a complicated life with him by my side than me trying to figure this out by myself. So here's what we're going to do today. If you're in this room, you're joining us online. Will's just going to strum on the guitar for a couple moments. Let's start now. This isn't a a day with an altar call and coming up to tears and crying because I believe Jesus can transform our hearts and our seats. Because I don't think anybody here has an altar at home, right? If you do, we'll talk later. I want to hear about it. But the truth is, I don't have an altar at my house. But Jesus is still there. So let's take a moment and rest in his presence. We're just going to take a minute. I know we're running a little bit over. Allie and her team are perfectly fine with our kids right now. Why don't you close your eyes and rest in his presence? God, I ask that a peace fills this room, fills the rooms of those who are watching online or listening to this later, that your peace, your rest could be made known in our lives, that it becomes our practice to find rest in you, to be obedient to you, so that we could be all that you have called us to be, without letting anything else get in the way, Jesus. We give you our time, humbly, and in surrender. I declare peace over each person who is listening to this. Peace to each person that God is speaking to right now, that is challenging right now to say, create the time for me that we go home with this impression on our hearts, this impression on our souls, that we don't lose what it means to spend that time with you, Jesus, and that we can give it to you freely and wholly so that, God, you could speak to us. And the rest, the peace that we feel now, God, let us find that serenity in you at all times, at the times that we honor your word in the Sabbath, we ask that you continue to meet us where we are. Whether it's here as a church, as a body, or at home and in time alone with you. Because not only are you the same yesterday, yesterday today, and tomorrow, but God, you are the same everywhere we go. We claim your peace as we search and seek refuge and restoration, and Sabbath through you. Be with us this week as we go about our business, that when things get chaotic, when things get stressful, that we can surrender to you. So that we give you not just our days, but we give you our lives. We give you our all. And in your name, all of God's people said, Amen and amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm certainly feeling rested after spending time in God's presence this morning. I hope you guys all have a blessed rest of your day on this beautiful day. Uh, Go enjoy, do something you couldn't do last week. Find rest in God, find rest in your family, and may God bless you until you come back next week. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us if this message impacted you or you would like to get in contact with us you can visit us at www.rockofgrace.org also be sure to share this message with a friend or subscribe so you never miss a message god bless